Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 160 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premier video game podcast. Tonight, could you soon be gaming on Netflix? Question mark. Xbox Easter egg found after 20 years. This is really cool. Timmy! Uh, Virtual Fighter is back! Exclamation point. Uh, Virtual Fighter might come up a couple times this episode. Valve to enter portable console market, according to a report. Hmm, what's that all about? We have your June lames with gold. Yes, I put that in there. Cesar, thank you for coining that phrase. And your June PlayStation Plus titles. Uh, I'm Richard Bergman, and my favorite all-time controller is the Super Nintendo controller. I'm joined by Brant McKee, whose favorite all-time controller is the... Oh, damn, that's a hard one. Yeah! <laughs> Gotta be How ready. You Gotta be ready me? for How the randomness. How could you put it on me like that? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say... Um... That six axis was pretty damn sweet. Six axis. <laughs> Very specifically, the six axis. <laughs> On that note, the PlayStation, the first PlayStation PlayStation controller is really just an iteration of the Super Nintendo controller. So that pretty one's much. All right. I'll also joining myself, uh, Richard Bergman, fan of the Super Nintendo controller, and Brant McKee, fan of the <laughs> rumbleless uh, six axis layer playing PS3 uh, controller. Is Cesar Concepcion the second, whose favorite all-time controller is the? Um, probably the one I've used the most so far would be the DualSense. I think it's pretty comfortable. DualSense, that is yeah. a damn good controller, all Try. time. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to, to I'm gonna have to say the best controller of all time is 360 though. Uh, the three, solid. that 360 controller. controller is it's still to this day. It's Your perfect size, it buttons, everything feels perfect. The menu was great. It, mm-hmm. it had a light-up thing that told you what controller you were right there on the front of the controller. That's a good pad. It's that would have been close. Pad. That would have been close, but I, I'm sticking with my DualSense one. Yeah, I mean, they might have been 360 before that, but that DualSense is uh, very comfortable in my hands. I, was I don't get cram- I don't get cramps like I used to uh, holding it. I didn't get cramps on the 360 ones either, but that. I was concerned about that DualSense because it was added added weight, but it, it fits it fits perfectly. It is a good controller. Um, I think Tom will tell with that one, especially as we get some good, more good instances of that DualSense technology. I, yeah, I can't speak on the DualSense technology. I can only speak on comfort level. Um, that's yeah. how I base my controllers. Uh, best controllers is comfort level. So GameCube would uh, be a close one too. But GameCube's up there. I love the yeah. N64 controller. I played so much N64, but again, that was my first like. Those, that, those, was, that was my that, console. That rough stick in my thumbs, that's the only thing with me. So But I never See, had I never had problems with it. Like that was that was my controller. I had my controller. So Yeah. I didn't grow up with it. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> You're holding it like a monster. Who does that? I didn't like I, I went over to other people's house and played it, and I mean, you know, as a kid I I was like, What is this thing? This mystery. Yeah, this misshapen controller, and then as an adult, I'm like, you know, this is actually a very well designed controller. Look, they we were, all we all know th- they were close. We yeah. all know the real MVP was the Jaguar 64 controller with the 24 button cell phone at the bottom. So the overlays, <laughs> pads you could get on there. <laughs> that thing's a piece of shit. I picked it up the other day because Stone Age Gamer had the Jaguar EverDrive thing up, and I was I was this close. I was like. <laughs> I could get this because I'm about to buy the turbo one. There's a turbo one on eBay for 60 bucks. And I was like, I'm not ever buying another turbo game. I'll get this EverDrive and I'll I'll have everything. And then I thought about it with the Jaguar. 
there, no. And it was like, I think it's like $200 or 170 or Ooh. something. And I know that Mr. is going to catch up to the Jaguar if I ever have to go that route. And every Jaguar game will be right there in that Mr. Core. It's like, I do not have to play. I have no nostalgia for this original hardware. I have like five games for it. They all suck ass except for Alien vs. Predator. I do not need a Jaguar. It would just be for streaming stuff, you know? Did they make more than five games for that thing? Uh, There were more than that. And the Jaguar CD. I regret not buying that Jaguar CD years ago. I I knew Brant. I knew where there was a boxed Jaguar CD. It was a hundred bucks, and he could not get rid of it. And I I could have had it all day for a hundred dollars. And those are oh. those are a thousand and up now, I believe. But there's no telling. Like caps might have gone bad on it. Like I've got that rare uh, the JVC XI, the Sega CD and Genesis console built into one. And the Sega CD side of it doesn't work. I think it needs to be recapped or something. So it's kind of where we're getting to those those early '90s consoles like that. Jaguar sucks. <laughs> I do have, I do still have in my eBay cart the uh, an S video adapter for it because all I have for it is RF and it that really sucks. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe if I got a good clean signal on that Jaguar, crap games are crap games, right? No matter how they Pretty look, much. there's no saving it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, there's no saving it. So, <laughs> so says you're just gonna you're just gonna be playing shit in S video. <laughs> it's still I, I, I literally would just glue Bubsy in there and that's it. That's all I need. <laughs> I have Bubsy and it sucks ass, and I have two copies I, of Cybermore. So two of my five games are the same game. I, I would literally trade every game I have and just own the Bubsies on the multiple consoles and just be happy. You might have some listeners take you up on that offer. <laughs> Do you seriously like a Bubsy game? Is there one that you really enjoy? The Super Nintendo one, probably. I think that was the best one for me. Was that the one that came out for Super Nintendo and Genesis? Yeah, that okay. first one. Yeah. Because I have fond memories of that one, and then uh, Arrow the Acrobat was pretty good, too. So, uh, a famous story, a friend of the show, Joel, who wrote our our intro and outro song, uh, he famously traded Arrow the Acrobat on Super Nintendo for Final Fantasy III, I think, with somebody. As in, he gave up the Final Fantasy III, and he received <laughs> Arrow the Acrobat. I was, I was about to say, that was a, that's a win-win. Nope, nope, nope. He, he was bemoaning that in, what, 2002, 2003? He was pissed off about it, and that was 10 years after the trade. Now it's, now it's go, been man. 30 years. He's still furious. Hey, man, it's, it happens. Because so. mm. he thought hey, he could get it back, or he beat it, or... You yeah. never know. He traded shit, you know? We we had this conversation where I'm still mad at myself. I didn't pay eight hundred dollars for that reader die. Now it's almost three grand. So I couldn't believe that when you sent me that link. I was like, oh dear God. because uh, they took it off. I can't watch how, it anymore after how many episodes did, how many episodes ago was that we talked about it? it we, was it I, look, I, I looked in my chat and I think we I I sent you that eBay thing in December when it was eight hundred bucks and I was like, This is crazy. And then now it's twenty five hundred dollars. I'm like, Oh, I should have bought it at eight hundred dollars. Panzer Dragoon anime. <laughs> Uh, it's right. no way. It's no way to legally watch in the United States anymore. In five days, it's going away for good. So, uh, make sure you make your copies now. Between now and then, uh, I'm streaming it right now as I go through, and I remember how much I love that show. So, speaking of streaming videos, evidence is piling up that Netflix wants to be the Netflix of games. Good title to verge. This comes from Jay Peters. It could offer a games bundle as soon as 2022. That would be next year. What is that next year? I think so. Yeah. It's coming up. Yeah. Well done. I we started the show. Started the started the show in 2018. You realize that, right? 
Yes. That's why we're in like in the 150 ish number. Yeah. 160. I don't keep track of the, the, the episode. <laughs> we had this conversation. You got so. close, Sassar. Yeah. Brand barely 17. Keeps up with it. Seven. <laughs> I knew we were in the hundreds. Oh, God. Look, it's like the, what was it? What was it, Iron Man? Like, you don't even know your social security number. It was like nine. It's like there's more numbers of that, remember? <laughs> yeah. I think that was his quote was like seven or something. I can't remember what it was. It yeah, might have been seven. <laughs> there's more numbers than that. That's what that's what Pepper was telling him. There's more than that. It's like seven. <laughs> uh so Reuters has corroborated the original story from the information, uh, saying a gaming exec is planned is a planned hire at Netflix. They want to do something similar to Apple Arcade. Which yeah. I enjoyed for all of a weekend and have not gone back to it, but it's still included in my thing. Uh, in a report published Monday, however, Axios shared more details from its own reporting. An Axios source said to think of the upcoming service, which would be offered to Netflix subscribers as a smaller Apple Arcade bundle that would include both licensed Netflix IP and games commissioned from indie studios. The service could be a ways out, though, possibly launching in 2022. I mean, uh, it's just going to get pushed back like everything else in game development right now. So Yeah, basically. They mentioned the stories that are tied up in Netflix, like Bandersnatch, You vs. Wild, and Stranger Things has had some games come out. Um, I'm sure I'm sure everyone looks wants to look into games, and the Netflix of games thing is kind of funny because Netflix has not done the Netflix of games thing. Uh, they'll have to show me something because I thought Google was really going to take over that space, and it just... Turned into not that. Like, remember yeah. when we first started hearing about Stadia, it was this. And uh, and Microsoft really is the leader of this so far, except for Nintendo's coming in hot with that 100-plus online titles. <laughs> that you can. <laughs> oh, it was on their tweet today. I laughed again. I was like, oh, Jesus. They're very Please proud. Switch to this. They're very proud <laughs> of that 100-plus titles. Did, uh, did they get to the point where people were just, re- were just replying in tweets like, Yabe, just Yabe? Oh, just tell them to stop. Just stop. But right, there were a few, yeah. There were a few other things I saw to this. A lot of it was talking about they were looking at maybe more along the lines of create your own adventure or choose your own adventure, kind of similar to what they have done with a few different shows mm-hmm. on Netflix. They've that Bandersnatch one, yeah, Bandersnatch, and gosh, there was something else. Sure, so, is you sure it's not that reality show? What's that reality show called? Is it Bandersnatch or something like that? Vanderwatch or something like that? You know no. what I'm talking about. But that, that would make them... You're on them, your own on that one. We can't bail you out. We're trying. That, that would make it, yeah, just more like a like a point and click almost or just, you know, like a visual novel-esque kind of deal. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how in-depth into gaming they're even thinking they'll, they'll go if they're going to go... Kind I of found the Stadia it. or Van, um, Vanderpump Rules. I'm sorry, I had to say it. Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Okay. Now that you say that, that sounds familiar. Yes. I'd have to look it up though, because uh, that name that name sounds familiar, but I can't. I'm not placing anything else in my mind. All right. I'm sorry, Brent. Um, I didn't mean to derail. Continue. No, no, no. You're good. But yeah, I was just saying it. I don't. I don't know if they'll give you a dedicated dongle and controller or something like uh google has done or another you know uh luna amazon's trying to do the same thing but 
And it seems like those guys are even both both Amazon and Google are kind of slowing down on their first party stuff and almost to the point of giving up on it and staying with third party studios. So which is no appeal to that platform unless you're unless you fit their mold of like, you know, somebody who's always on the go and doesn't want to have time, doesn't have time for updates and always has good Internet. And, you know, you fit that you fit that mold they need. Uh, did anybody get the Luna? I got added to that program, but I never tried it or or ordered the controller or anything. No, I've been hounded by Amazon. Like, hey, you asked for this. And I'm like, ah. yeah, uh, so <laughs> I got I, the I didn't, same thing. I didn't do anything with it because I just don't I, I I don't have time to play the other consoles I got. So it's true. I feel like I'm in the same boat. This is me paying for service that I'm probably barely, barely going to use. So. Yep, it's not a wise that. investment for me. I tried that trial on uh, Stadia, and that was it. That was it for me. And then the the pro, you had to have pro to have like sixty frames per second and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah. this is just ridiculous. This barrier of entry is not. And the Stadia Pro games that they were giving out were just not. I won that one game of PUBG, and <laughs> I played the demo of uh, was it Phoenix Rising or something? Yeah. All right. Next up, this was really cool. Uh, comes from The Verge. A 20-year-old Xbox Easter egg has been revealed, and there may still be more. So, basically, you kind of spoof a... You try to rip a CD to the Xbox. It's in the main menu. Uh, we had a the retail store that I worked at. We would load up all of our favorite songs on the store Xbox, and we'd play it while we were, like, opening and closing and stuff. So, uh, I wish I, had, I wasn't allowed to keep the Xbox when I got the standee, but it'd be kind of cool to have all those soundtracks. So, anyways, so what you obviously can, you would play closing time at closing time, right? Was that out when I was working retail? Brent, remember you're a young buck. That's that, that's song was in the nineties, man. Yeah. That's, okay, so I'm safe. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> it's like, do you remember when that song came out, sir? Uh, Geriatric so millennial. Yeah, man. We can only we, we remember we can only name two things from nineties uh, bands. That's it. Just two. <laughs> was that Marcy Star or Marcy's Playground? Marcy's Playground got <laughs> Sex and Candy and an Offspring. <laughs> <laughs> in the offspring. <laughs> two two things. Damn family guy. Oh, All right, so God. basically, if you got a console, Kotaku Notes, you can try it for yourself by ripping a CD as a soundtrack and calling it Timmy with 26 Ys. So it's basically you use the maximum, you just hit you type out Timmy and you just do Y Y Y Y Y and then you delete the last Y they let you put in there and you change it to exclamation mark. Uh, what that does after the rip is complete and pick a short CD is what they mentioned. Go to the Xbox's settings, system info, and the screen will instead display the names of the people who worked on the dashboard. And those people should be mentioned now that 20 years later, their amazing feat has come to light. And the credit, of course, goes to Xbox dashboard team Victor Blanco, Sakpong Chanbai, Bradford Christian, and Jim Helm. And that is really, really cool. It's just a PC, so you, you you knew something would be bound to be hidden in there like that. Mm-hmm. We made this. We're going to make it happen. Or is this like the new Justin Bailey code where somebody's fucking around and they just put Timmy in there? <laughs> Timmy! And they put the exclamation point at the end. But how many other songs did they try before then? Or names? Just out there, just putting every name out there and just yeah. putting every constant or vowel at the very end and stretching it all the way through. So Johnny! That's yeah. simple. <laughs> Stevie asterisk. One of one of them relaunches uh Xbox Live so they can continue the Halo 2 run. So 
Now we're talking. Now we're back talking. on the server, on an official get server. Get to them. I'm going to hook up every Xbox I have. We're, I'm going to bring everybody over. No land party. We're just going to enter all kinds of shit and rip yeah. CDs and see what we can get. <laughs> also, it also starts the Warhawk servers too while you're there. So. Yes. Now we're talking. <laughs> oh, very cool stuff. Love how stuff like this is found out. Uh, Seamus Blackley, the creator, the designer of the Xbox, tweeted in 2017 there was still a hidden secret no one had found, but the one revealed Friday wasn't the one he was referring to, he told, he told Kotaku, so there's still something in there. Thankfully, Blackley was kind en- enough to respond to a few queries about this. He confirmed that, yes, the Xbox Easter egg he has in mind does, in fact, revolve around the boot animation and is not the Timmy secret we're revealing today, which he actually didn't know about. How cool is that? Break out your Xboxes. So who knows what else could be hidden in there from different teams? Reapply your capacitors. What's that? Reapply your cap- capacitors. Break out your oh, Xbox. Take them out. Whenever we're yeah. going to have our Xbox party, we keep talking about this, and I've got uh, Xboxes. When it's exploding. already bleeding and dying. <laughs> They're already dead. They're already <laughs> dying. All right. Uh, someone else talk about this Virtual Fighter for a while. Yeah, this seems uh, Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown was announced not too long ago. Um, Come out June 1st. Uh, the game was remade for new generation. Uh, they rebuilt the graphics using the uh, Ryuga Gotoku Studios Dragon Engine, as well as new background music for every stage, a new user interface, and a new opening cinematic, and new lighting and shaders. Uh, this is all from Jimatsu from Sao uh, Romano, the now Major League Baseball player. Uh, players yeah, can also the uh, speculate online matches in real time, as well as build Robin Robin style online tournaments. Uh, private public lobbies that support 16 players, including communication tools like stamps. I guess that's uh, quality of life stuff that's come from recent fighting games. Because remember, this came out in 2012. So, so to make a long story short, uh, they're going to redo the graphics. It does look very similar to like a Yakuza type game. The if you compare the up? previous two, 2012. Very much so. I thought it was older than that. Um. It might. I think that's when the last reiteration of uh, Virtual Fighter Five came out. There was one okay. probably three years prior to that when they were still doing arcades. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest things for, uh, from it. I mean, you can definitely see the difference graphically. Uh, somebody was. You don't get the. It's less cartoonish and seems to be more realistic with the new models. Uh, I guess that's my biggest descriptor of it. Not that it was bad, but I think that's the easiest way to describe the two. I'm excited um, to see how it looks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have much on it. They haven't shown any gameplay outside of that one trailer, the announcement trailer, right? No, nothing yet. Yeah, so this has been know, this, for a long time, though, right? And this is like a. Is it? Did they say it was a timed exclusive or? No, um, I, this might be one of those ones that I think Sony paid for, because uh, you know it's tied up in their PlayStation Plus. We'll bring that up later, because um, yeah. you know that's going to be a part of PlayStation Plus for two months, I think, until August. And it's also coming on PS Now, so um, they're adding it to the PS Now service as well for people who don't have PlayStation Plus. I don't know how that makes sense, but whatever. So, um, yeah, so PlayStation's really pushing this one, so they're hoping those player accounts for online will be up there since it's, it seems like they're doing that in every region and everybody's getting a copy of Virtua Fighter 5. So who knows how long it's going to be exclusive. Yeah. There's no confirmation for PC version because I know a lot of people were clamoring for that as well. Um, so it could be time to couldn't who knows which uh we may be getting uncharted for pc i know that's not news but that's uh heavily uh, rumored at the moment yeah i think i think that got brought brought by jim ryan's uh, headset <laughs> <laughs> the investor call with jim ryan and his uh pulse elite <laughs> that he had to 
he had to pay the scalpers. He couldn't get one from Amazon. But also Sony's partner with the partnership with Evo, um, that, you know, fighting, fighting game tournament is uh-huh. you know, probably has a little bit to do with this as well. That's a good note. I'm going to try this out. I suck at fighting games, but I've been craving like a virtual fighter or a dead or alive or something. I mean, that that one's a 3D arena. So if you like dead or alive or, you know, um, Soul Calibur, Tekken, Soul Calibur isn't along those lines. It's a good one, too. It's a very well-balanced fighter. It's probably the last good one they had on there. I don't know if Yu Suzuki worked on that one. He might have right before he left. It was way back there in like 09. He might have started it, but they may not have done the. The final versions on there, the final showdown. So, what are the yakuza? What are the yakuza? What are the virtual fighters that are available in yakuza? Is it this one? The earlier version. Yeah, Yeah, five is on there. Uh, If you go into the previous ones, I think maybe three might have been one of them. I don't quote me on it. Dreamcast game. Maybe not team battle. Uh, maybe four. I can't remember. Three's three's team battle, right? Yes, TB. TB. They called it TB. Yeah. Virtual it's, Fighter. It's weird I remember that, but I can't remember anything from the quadratic formula. That's bullshit. Whatever. Um, more uh, important stuff. A, a little bit of Virtual Fighter lore. Uh, we didn't grow up a Sega household, so by the time we like had a 64, we started filling in that back catalog. My brother decided like he was going to be the guy who collected the Sega stuff. So as we got a Genesis and a Dreamcast and a Saturn and stuff like that, and there were like eight versions of Virtual Fighter 2. It's like, how many how many virtual fighters we're we gonna get and try out? It's like uh, these on cartridge pretty much look like shit. <laughs> I guess we have to skip to the Saturn one before we have a virtual fighter that starts looking halfway decent. And uh, we liked we liked the one for PS2. We liked the one for Dreamcast. So I think they really hit their stride at that point. The the other ones were just like you know they were big polygon showcases. I remember when th- 3D gaming was first becoming a thing and those were the character models that you would see and it's like wow it's a fighter that's actually you know you can see the cameras rotating and all that kind of stuff and then it seemed like they got eclipsed so quickly by both doa and uh tekken like tekken just took off and that was the to me that was the 3d fighter for a long time and virtual fighter has its you know it has its strengths but uh as far as market share i I think they definitely slipped behind a little bit after being the the premier 3d fighter for so long yeah and also i've know i've talked about this on the show and i've told you before uh, uh richard if you get a chance watch high score or high score girl so that whole bit where he goes through those generations when they go from arcade to sega saturn to playstation seeing those 3d polygons and how excited that the main protagonist in that show gets over that stuff and just fawns over like yeah this you can do this with this one and he's in there deciding Am I gonna get a Sega Saturn or get the PlayStation? And he's sitting there. He bought the Sega Saturn. He's like, and he, his friend was gonna, she was gonna loan him the PlayStation, and he felt like he was cheating on the Saturn. Like all that console <laughs> by, uh, by, uh, bias was all in that show, man. That show was great. Like it's that, it's that time in the early '90s when, when that excitement from yeah. the, the generational jumps we used to see that we don't get as much as, as, uh, as much of as we used to. So that's true. And and. Yeah. Those two consoles played a lot of the similar games, like they had a lot of the same third party type games, but they were very definitely, especially looking back now, one is a 2D fighter box and the other is a powerhouse 3D fighter box. Yeah. They definitely have their their strengths as far as that goes. And there's one bit on that show where uh, he has no sway with women. He doesn't understand them at all. So like one of his friends gave him a, like a Tokay Memorial dating simulator game. 
It's like, play this. This is how you learn about women. And he just failed on every pl- he failed on every route. Just like he would choose all the wrong options, and they were like beating him in the head. Like, like you don't get it at all. And he's like, That's I don't good. understand. He's just sitting there like, I don't understand. This game is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, pretty good. The show is good, man. He has these he has these two uh, two girls fighting for his affection, and he's he's oblivious. He's he just thinks that he want to play games, and he's like, "That's not a. It's a deeper meaning. He's oblivious to it all." Totally clueless. Speaking of fighting for your affection and cl- being clueless, <laughs> Valve is apparently <laughs> trying to break into the handheld market. Segways, you suck as bad at them as I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a machine that you ride on. Is uh, there a thing? Pedal. There a thing. So, yeah, apparently there, there's this rumored handheld. Um, and, of course, the this article uh, from The Verge uh, notes that Steam did try to have uh, Steam machines not too long ago. And that it says it's been nearly a decade. Has it? How has it been that long? It doesn't That's feel crazy. like it's been that long. That's crazy. But Wow. I, Time but, flies, man. I, I feel like GameStop like just had them available for I know, sale. Right? You know? Yeah. It, it didn't seem like that long ago. It really didn't. And the controllers, because they just clearanced the controllers. So I guess now it's been like three years or so. Yeah, the the they clearanced those what a year ago, two years now. Yeah. So I, I was think? not here, so I know it was longer than a year. They are really? um, they're damn good controllers. So they are damn good. You're a fan. Uh, yes, I regret not buying four. I would have bought ten. So it's now your number one controller. Um, yeah, it's uh, it gives, <laughs> gives you um, for PC at least, it gives you haptic feedback on those uh, circular um, dentures they have on there. Things so yeah. which are similar to using the mouse. So you can actually, I prefer that than using a mouse. So similar to using like a trackball mouse, where I got more comfortable using that on the controller than I have been using. A mouse and they're like swinging my arm all over the place when I can just do a couple swipes with my thumb and go across the screen. So I saw RTSs and stuff were great like that, like mm-hmm. moving their cursor around and stuff. It was way more natural. It is very well built. I was impressed. So it's cool. I don't like the Steam Link, which is eh, it's okay. But there have been apparently multiple rumors from multiple sources saying Valve is working on uh, a device that is a touchscreen. Um, uh, touchpad buttons, triggers, dual analog sticks, um, apparently to run, uh, likely to run Linux, um, and will support a uh, array of specially optimized Steam titles. Um, and here's the thing is there's actually some of these things out on the market. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Jap or the Chinese company GPD, uh, or have seen their product, the GPD Win, uh, but they go sell on. these things, huh? I said go on. So they sell these things that are complete PCs uh, that are in a clamshell design. Mm-hmm. Um, the latest, or I guess technically last year's model. Let me just read you some of the specs. Um, so it is. It has Windows 10 Home on it, uh, Intel Core i5, uh, 16 gigs of GDR, uh, or 16 gigs of DDR4 RAM. Okay. Uh, it's only got about 512 um, 
SSD uh, replaceable storage, and it does have a micro uh, SD slot. Expandable. The display was uh, 8 inches, uh, which was uh, 1280 by 800 or 16 by 10, and it was a 10-point touch screen. Um, Intel Iris Plus graphics. It has um, face buttons, (laughs) D-pad... Uh, shoulder buttons, clickable analog stick, uh, even has like a trackpad and everything. Um, w- Wi Fi. Um, is that meant for streaming or is that meant for? I mean, you're not going to play. You're going to play like PUBG on low settings and stuff. You'd be surprised. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it even has a, a, a bunch of connectivity issues, or not issues, but connectivity. Way to sell it, A variety. We're going to buy one. Sign me uh, up. Of connectivity, uh, like ports. Um, it's what I want troubleshooting problems constantly, even when I play games. Let's go. It's got Why a. They advertise this. Please read the section that says connectivity <laughs> issues. What 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 are people encountering? What what are they advertising that we're gonna we're gonna well, come let's see. up? It's it's got USB uh, 3.1, um, Type A, Thunderbolt 3, uh, USB C, HDMI out, um, and of course a headphone jack. It's got like three uh, 500 milliamp. Uh, lithium-ion batteries that are running in series. Um, And it's... You'd be surprised. I've seen people run Grand Theft Auto, things like Overwatch, and... Auto 1, the top down. Five. Five, actually. So, I mean... It's a PS3 game, so... Yeah. And, I mean, you you wind (laughs) up... (laughs) You you wind up having to do a few things on the back end to get a few few games up and running, um, but it, it can handle them surprisingly well. Uh, the 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 main problem people have with them because they are a Chinese company, some of the the build quality is like eh, or you know the the triggers may feel a little wobbly, um, but overall, I mean, how much do you think a machine like that would cost? Because you have the Switch selling. What, two ninety nine for yep. the light, and then three nut. Like, sound like a PlayStation announcement. <laughs> two ninety nine, just walk off. And three ninety nine, um, but this machine is around thirteen hundred. So, I mean, if Valve is planning to do something that is a portable gaming PC that can handle. Let's just say they they want it to handle a majority of the Steam library uh, to to entice people. Um, it's going to have to be pretty hefty, um, and that might also come at a higher cost. Right. And I mean, I, I can see why they're doing it because most people that have a gaming PC also say that they buy a Switch just because they enjoy the portability. And, I mean, even most console gamers will have either an Xbox or a PlayStation and a Switch. Just right. because, again, they enjoy that uh, portability. It makes everything more convenient. So it makes sense why they would try to get into it, but also it's like, can it, at this point, be done effectively and, you know, cost-effectively as well? Is it is it the portability? I'm, all right, I'm going to play devil's advocate just for this conversation bit. Is it the portability, is or or is it the Nintendo factor? 
because for like three or four generations, people have had a Switch or a Wii or a GameCube for the Nintendo titles. Like it's just there. It's not their primary console that they'll play, you know, the majority of third party releases or that they're, you know, going to they're going to maybe tend to buy more day one launch games on. But they'll have it for the Mario's and the Zelda's and the Metroid's and the they used to have it for F zero, but <laughs> not anymore. But uh, those type titles, you know, is, or is Star it the, Fox is, or Metroid. Yeah, I, I put Metroid in there and basically that that also belongs in the same category. Is it the is it the portability factor? You think that's the major sway there? Or fatal frame? <laughs> I mean, definitely, or definitely their uh, definitely their their what highest sellers are are their first party. Nintendo's are. Oh yeah. But I mean, you also have things that are popular on there like Skyrim. I mean, Skyrim's very most people when they saw that first announcement and saw, you know, the, the guy playing Skyrim on the airplane on a, on the Nintendo switch, when they revealed it, they were like, Oh, now I've got to have that. If it can play Skyrim. So, I mean, there, there's other draws to it because, and I mean, it has such a vast library as well. I mean, it also has a lot of shovelware cause it seems like it's extremely easy to get your game published on their eShop, but a lot, a lot of, a lot more people still play indie titles on there. Uh, more yeah. indie titles are bought on the Switch and on PC or anything else. So Nindies, mm-hmm. even though they dropped. That I don't know if I say Nindies, I would say Indies because not all Indies are Nindies quality. Yeah, so, true. but there's a lot of games that come out. Like at least if you go on there every Tuesday, there's about 30, 35 games that come out on that that are independent games. So, independent games—that's what we're but, gonna go with. But to Brant's words, if you can develop hardware enough that makes it play your PC games, your third-party games on there, it will do well. Because there's a market for that for everybody. Whether or not it's going to be enough for everybody to get into it, I don't know. So, Or enough for the PC console market, or the master race they call themselves, to actually <laughs> purchase it, I don't know. So, It's a good test. But typically, anything with PC base, you always come in high mark. That's what they are known to sell for. So Right, right. They, have to, they have to hit that top tier. It's either going to be top tier or it's going to be enough to bring in people that that is not top tier, you know, the, the average consumer. So it's going to yeah. be one that do nothing in the middle. Do you think and, it's a Valve product or do you think it's like a, you you have what you had with the Steam machines where you have Asus and you have Dell and you have those I w- makers? I wouldn't be surprised if they went with HTC like they did with um, their VR headsets. The so. Vive? Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised and use something uh, on, uh, similar to NVIDIA SOC, uh, socket on controller uh, chipset. So. All righty. Look forward to your Valve switch later on. Next year. Uh, lames with gold. Who wants to run down this list? Nobody. Uh, quick, Microsoft. Really, <laughs> really, really quick. Uh, let's see. June 1st through the 30th, you're getting the King's Bird. Uh, yes, of course you are. The 16th, June 16th through July 15th, Shadow. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Colonel so, Sanders. Is like, like, Colonel this is Sanders. the King's Bird. The, the, the KFC dating simulator eight. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to play a, you, you play devil's advocate in the last bit. I'm going to play devil's advocate in this one. Please that, God do it with the Kingsbird. Go ahead. No, not Kingsbird. Um, I don't know what okay. the fuck that is and I'll never know. Um, I'll probably add it to my download list and then just never play it like everything okay. else in my life. Um, so 
you know how I feel about uh, Diablo-esque games, but uh, Shadows Awakening is a very Diablo-esque game. It's up there with our Vikings. Apparently, they're just going to keep doing Diablo clones. At, there's, uh, always Xbox one, there's always one sleeper hit in the Xbox lames with gold. I will give them that. It's never like this title that you're just going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe we get this for free. It's always going to be one sleeper title with good mechanics that just never got the publicity it needed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I have I have Shadows uh, Awakening on um, PS4 and I've played some time and it. it's a very much a Diablo clone. So, Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know it's I feel about Diablo clones. I'll pop it in there and you know if I don't have time to invest in something, I'll, I'll play the fuck out of Diablo's clone. So right. Uh, Cesar mentioned the second game. The third one is Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. Also, a personal favorite of mine. I All will the take best that. Fighters await. Is that the best title out of this collection? Me personally, yes. Most people will argue and say the vanilla version of Injustice is a big <laughs> fu. Because uh, that's the first, first game, right? It's the first game, and then it was made free for everybody at, earlier in the year. And then yeah. two, it does not include all the DLC, which you have to buy separately with all the additional characters. So. And this is the 360 version. And didn't they come out with an Xbox One port? What we're getting? No, that was a. There was a PS3, and then PS4 had the exclusive on the port for whatever Next reason. Gen. So, okay. Yeah. They never officially came out with a, an Xbox One version. I think they just introduced a backwards compatibility. That was it after a while. But you never know. Sense. We might we might get an improvements afterwards. So, so. All right. Those are your four games. Kingsbird, Shadows Awakening, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum, and Injustice Gods Among Us. Among Us. You get Among Us free with games with gold. You heard it here first. Yep. Don't spell Among Us. Wolf Among Us. You can have Gods Among Us, Wolf Among Us, or Among Us. Or fungus among us. I'd just rather buy mongus. Uh, like a mongoose, like no, the just creature. Mongus. You want to buy mongus? Yes. The game? Yes. Okay. All right, your PlayStation well done, Plus sir. games. You 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 tricked us all. Well done. Your PlayStation Plus games uh, with PlayStation Plus Gold, whatever they call <laughs> that. Uh, you're gonna get Operation Tango. That's your PlayStation Five title. Uh, for all, uh, what was it, 5 million now? PlayStation, PlayStation 5 owners. Uh, Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, which we just previously expounded upon. And Star Wars Squadrons, which has been heavily rumored recently and is now confirmed. These will all be available Tuesday, June the 1st. What is Operation Tango? Does anyone know anything about this? Um, I mean, if you start reading about it, to me, I was like, what the heck was this? And then when mm -hmm. I started reading, it says something about a uh, cooperative spy adventure challenging you and a friend to join up online, complete dangerous missions across global, uh, uh, sorry, across the globe in a high-tech near-future world. I was like, as soon as I read that, I remember seeing something about this in one of their presentations, but it just kind of was one of those titles where it was it was yeah. the lull of the presentation. Right. So, like they worked this title in at some point. Yeah. Because yeah, when I saw that, I said, "What the what the heck is that?" And then as I read and looked, and I was okay, I I kind of remember this. So I mean, and you're not losing losing anything by by downloading it and trying it. Yeah, my favorite was somebody on Twitter said the game was garbage, and then somebody responded, "The game's not even out yet." So yeah, the game's know. not out. So. so. How do you know? How do you know it's garbage? Yeah. Game's garbage. 
So again, it seems like we're getting like a brand new title with uh, PlayStation Plus. They seem to be, you know, going down that avenue. Well, Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown is a is a new title, and then Star Wars Squadrons, which they uh, when they first released it, they weren't gonna add anything to it, and they just they just started adding free content to it. So they've supported that game since it came out, thankfully. Uh, so another strong month of PlayStation Plus, and again, like I keep talking about these avenues that platforms go and such it seems like you know you almost have to be a game pass subscriber to get good xbox games that are quote unquote free every month versus playstation plus is giving you a premiere uh title every month at least so it seems to me you guys can correct me if you feel otherwise sure because we got <laughs> we got destruction all-stars we got um soul storm we're getting Virtual Fighter and this new Operation Tango, which looks like a quality title. It doesn't look like just some agreement that, you know, Xbox just, they're not great. But Game Pass titles are continue to be incredible as they come out. As we see the platforms diverge from each other. All right, anything else you want to add in news? Are we humming along here? What are we looking at? Yeah, I think so. Streams isn't up for an hour. But Super Bomberman R Online is now available, though. On, there we go. On your other platforms like uh, PSN and Steam and uh, Xbox. Time, time to trade in the Stadia. That was the one thing keeping me. Let's go. No. <laughs> that was the Stadia exclusive, wasn't it? It's one thing. Yes, it was. Hey, I'm, I have a perfect record on PUBG Stadia. I'm never getting rid of Stadia. It's my preferred <laughs> PUBG platform. It's, it's okay. You won't get rid of Stadia, but it'll get rid of you, so... Give it time. Uh, it did get rid of me, and it's my Chromecast and all that is unhooked. Game of the year last year was trying to hook up Google Stadia and get it running. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> it should never have been a that puzzle involved. game. It basically was. <laughs> is that a Strand-type game? or? Oh, no. I felt Stranded. <laughs> Strand genre games. Oh, man, I was watching an old Giant Bomb where they were describing Death Stranding and watching... <laughs> <laughs> that that E3 or you know Sony started branching off and doing their it wasn't state of play it was like play days or something it was whatever they started calling those E3 presentations they had Kojima up there and it was it was a giant bomb video where it's a giant bomb reacts and Kojima's like you see that mountain you can climb that mountain and they're just like we give up we fucking give up <laughs> and then uh the character um the Norman Reedus character is is urinating sam porter is urinating and kojima's making such a big deal you know uh, god bless him he's we gotta have him in this industry but he's describing like no matter how you move the camera you can't you can't see it is what he's saying he's like anywhere you urinate you can't see it (laughs) and they're just you see gersman gersman's just clapping like this no that was that was the part when uh sam porter bridges is in the um the home, the bases that you can get to, and he's like, "All right, now we're gonna go to the bathroom and do a number one." And Jeff's just like, he's clapping. He's like, yeah, <laughs> this yeah, isn't a video game. Let's go. <laughs> what we always wanted. Conquered oh, it at man. first. All right, games played. Uh, played some Halo, of course. Same thing, same people, same modes, same chaos. Uh, Mass Effect. I'm at the end of the first Mass Effect, I believe. I've landed on a planet where I have chased Saren to. 
I've done all the little side mission thing. I haven't done all the side missions. I've done all the story side missions that lead you to chasing Saren down. So I did the one on Pharos, and I did the mission on um, God. What was that planet? I never. I'm never good with names like this. So are you in Ilos or you past Ilos? I'm on Ilos now. I just landed on Ilos, the jungle, and I saved right there because Saren the saw jungle. me coming after. Am I close to the end? Yes, you probably in the final stretch right now. Depending on where you're at in Ilos, you just got an Ilos, or are you? I just landed. Now? The Mako dropped me off, and Saren saw me land, and a, he closed some temple thing. You probably got an hour in Ilos, and then you go to your next area. Spoilers, and then you have your final boss battle with spoilers, and that's it. Pretty much Close. it. Game's yeah. so fucking good, man, and it's not. Like I talked about last week, I want to expound on that. And Cesar dove deep into the story with us. But uh, you can see the areas. It It's almost like you can see a storyboard breaking down. Like, here's how we want to play in this game. We're going to have a mission. We're going to have some, um, some back and forth. Like, find out, ask this dialogue tree with this character. And then go back across the map to this character. And then go back there with this answer. And then go back there with this answer. And progress the story that way. And it's these big open areas that they didn't seem to like really know what to do with there's some there's some npcs that you can interact with and such but you can see that it's an early next gen title at that point where they're just rendering these areas it still has plenty of atmosphere i love being with my teammates um the all the story missions are interesting as shit like every single one just carries this weight and i'm like oh god what do i pick who do i try to Thank God for Cesar for giving me the the advice to do the charm thing last week when he mentioned dump all your points into charm so you can get these. There's like a whole dialogue tree with a bunch of important decisions that I never would have had. I never would have had that option. I killed so many people. I killed so many people because I didn't do that way that round. <laughs> so I had charm <laughs> and I didn't. I thought I could talk a certain character out. Spoilers. I thought I could talk a certain <laughs> character out of doing something. Yeah. And. The weight behind the characters in Mass Effect is nothing Nothing is cheap. The only cheap thing that I felt was the racist character, and I made sure she died. So she, she's out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. But everyone has weight behind them. Like, there's a character who was uh, genetically modified as a youngster, and he has, like, headaches, and there's things that go off. He has side effects, and I'm like, man, they fucked with you. I feel bad for you. And there's another character whose race... Uh, another race that you meet in the game, they have created something that causes this race to not be able to populate. They thought they were doing some kind of population control and they can't. Yeah. Yeah. They can't, they can't reproduce. And so (laughs) the mission I was on, this guy's like, if you don't let us (laughs) shepherd, if you don't side with us, they're going to wipe out our race. And I'm like, yeah, I believe you. And all my dialogue choices were like, we have to stick with the mission. I'm like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> so as I'm going through it, uh, I actually picked the wrong thing because I thought I was guiding the conversation one way. And then all of a sudden, the racist character is behind this other character and Boom. she kills you hit, him. You hit the like, music. Dun, dun, dun. I know. I'm like, no. Because I'm sitting here, it happened to me out of nowhere. It's like, dun, dun, dun. I'm like, what I the- know. What happened? <laughs> I was like, I like this guy. I like this guy way more than you. <laughs> you suck. Rex, so, Rex, is, Rex is awesome, man. He's he's in. Yeah, if you Rex. If, if he keeps him if he keeps him alive, then he's in all 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 the Mass Effects. So, it so is I a, did. I 
it is like it's the same thing that people used to say about Final Fantasy VI. It is a crime to leave Shadow behind. It's a crime to leave Rex behind. So yeah. So on that note, because I do really like this character, and I even though I thought I could back down his dialogue choices, I had the charm one unlocked. I just didn't select it because I thought I could go the right path. Yeah. So when she killed him, and I don't like her at all, she's still in my party at this point. Um, I kind of choose my, you know, choose your own adventure. I backed out of that save and reloaded the save and chose the charm um, option it's, that Cesar it's had It's called told scumming. Me. It's called scumming. He scummed the save. Oh, okay. that's straight we scumming. And every yeah. conversation since then where that charm one has come up, I have fucking used because it is yes. basically cheat code for every conversation. You will get the best outcome. Paragon. Playing, you get fucking Paragon every time. Yep. Yeah, I'm playing Paragon. I'm getting like massive points every time I pick mm-hmm. the charm one. I talk somebody out of anything. Whatever they've decided they want to do, if I hit that option, they're like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I'm gonna go with what you what you decided. And it um it's I got some backstory from Liara's mom. That side mission was great. There was a like a Rachne. There was this whole race. Uh, there was another race of like these spider things, and I had to decide whether they live or die. The Rachne, yeah. The Rachne. And the, the queen was the queen was talking through this dead person. It was fucking great. The sorry, yeah. It's like uh, it's like the, that those Star Trek ones. Remember when the, uh, they used to do that to Star yeah. Trek characters in some of those episodes? Was I don't know if it was the Borg. Was the Borg do that? I can't remember who, who did that. Is it the Borg? Because that's next generation. I know they did it in Independence Day. Remember they picked up that dude and the alien yeah. stuck him up against yeah. the glass. That too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but man, the the story the story guides this. Like I was saying, you can see the the early next gen things where you have like. All right, we're going to have this open area, and then we're going to have the Mako, and then we're going to have the shooting section. And it's there's some verse course verse in there, but the the all-encompassing like lore and story and the weight of the characters and everything, it just – I get it now. Like it's always been – Mass Effect's always been on my list of shame. I've started that game so many times, and it just – I get it now. I get why people freak out about it, and, it, and they're so attached to characters and stuff. I was chatting with Joker in the, in the Normandy. And got his whole backstory. He's like disabled and stuff. And he's the best pilot in the fleet and stuff. And it just, it's incredible, man. What a game. I'm close to the end. Probably going to Mass Effect 2. All I hear is great things from Cesar. I remember when it came out and Cesar was raving about it. Um, Mass Effect 2 is the pinnacle one. So that's, that's, but that's just my personal opinion. So. And there's, you said there's one DLC I need to play after I beat this. Is, is, is there a new game plus? Do I go straight into DLC when I beat the game? Uh, I think it's this already available to go through there. The DLC is like five hours long. I don't think it pertains to um the main villain organization in the second one. I think that organization, if I remember correctly, I was wrong. So I don't uh, have to do it. I can go no, straight into it, It's another side quest. When you start scanning planets, you'll come across their compound, so you're okay. familiar with them, and you know uh how bad they are, um, and why it you working for them causes issues in the second game. It kind of has that type of weight. But I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it, for me, it was random. Unless you probably I think I've heard the gone. name. I've heard the name. Service. Yeah. Service. Yeah. yeah. I've heard the name. I, I scanned something somewhere. They're like a like a. They are a pro-human faction where they try to further humanity in the universe by any means necessary, basically. Uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, I did the mission with um. The Thorian, it was like this plant thing that can take over people's minds, and it was it was taking over this whole it was taking over this whole colony. Each one of these missions, like these story levels, has been like a Star Trek episode. It's just great sci-fi. 
It's god tier sci-fi. It's not great sci-fi. Uh, so that's my Mass Effect this experience. And then um, I was it was uh, myself and my kids for the past like four days. It was just us. And uh, they got back on their Shrek kick. And no, it wasn't Shrek. They wanted to play Crash Bandicoot. So they they have a thing for Crash Bandicoot. Wrath of Cortex, the true Crash Bandicoot 4, not Brant's Game of the Year 2020. Not 20, Twin Sanity? <laughs> no, not Twin Sanity. So they played a little bit of that. Uh, they got bored with that. Well, they didn't get bored with that. As they're sitting there, they're sitting on the floor in my in one of my gaming areas, and they look over and they see Just Dance. They're like, Dad, let's play the, let's play the dance game again. So I grab, we've only played Just Dance Kids, I think, and Just Dance 3 for the Wii and the 360, so I have Just Dance 4. So I was like, let's try this one out. It's going to have new songs, all this kind of stuff. This is Game of the Year uh, quality material right here. (laughs) They balled out with Just Dance 4. They played this game for probably two hours the other night. So the great thing about it, first off, if you're going to play Just Dance, I don't know how the new ones work, but we have it for the 360. We have it with the Kinect. So they don't have to have their own remote. The big thing with the Wii remote thing was each each person has to have a Wii remote so it tracks their score and all that kind of stuff. You can have up to four player on the Kinect and it tracks their things just by just by moving, just by the camera, right? So the best thing about it is they're both playing. They're loving the songs. Uh, Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca is the household favorite. And I forgot how fucking good that song is. The song is a straight banger, by the way. I've been humming it all week. <laughs> And at the end of each song on Just Dance 4, you have the option to create like a greatest hits clip. And it will do almost and it it takes a minute to render. You have to hit you have to tell it okay. And it probably takes 60 seconds, a minute and a half. And it gives you this this video of like these highlights of maybe some crazy moves or something like that. And they are so funny to play back and watch. Almost uh I know everybody that had a connect, they had Connect Adventures, right? And it would take a picture every time you did something crazy, like on the rafts and stuff. And you would get these weird, like, images and stuff. And you'd go back and laugh at them afterwards where everybody's jumping in the air. Like, it knows when to take the images. And this one has video clips that it puts to the music. And they're just, they're gold, man. I was in tears. I was uh, streaming. I was sending videos to people and FaceTiming them and showing them, like, them jumping around and doing all that kind of stuff. And it just, it was hilarious. We had so much fun with it. The Connect is, uh, I sent it to Cesar. Cesar said, the Connect is still a hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. They did, they did, when when the Connect had good content, and this is one of them, and we will still be playing this song, or this this game for a while now. It's, it's probably going to stay in that 360 out there in that living room. And uh, when they hit on the Connect, it was, you know, it was quality stuff. So this is one of them. Highly recommend. I've got to look through what other games i have i can't remember what dance central did but a couple of the ones that we tried with dance central they weren't as accessible for the kids that they really enjoyed so i've got to see what other dance games they have for the connect for the uh for the 360 that they'll enjoy but that one is just it's hilarious man i was in tears just watching them do it and it's it's such a fun party game and it got them moving they were already tired from the day so i have no clue how they kept it up for two hours and then we went upstairs it's uh, it's youth you know that it's youth but we went upstairs and they did not make it to the rooms they they both passed out on the couch that night (laughs) it's like they didn't even make it all the way upstairs yeah buddy it was great and that is uh for me halo master chief collection 
uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition and Just Dance 4 for the Xbox 360 and the Kinect camera, I guess they called it. What did they call that? It was just Kinect? Or was it, it was like Kinect, Kinect wireless camera accessory? I think it was just Kinect. I can't remember. I don't remember it being called anything else. Xbox. Cheap, cheap thrills, man. And they sold a shit ton of 360s. So if you can get a 360... I mean, Mass Effect's a 360 game, right? Mm-hmm. If you can get a 360 PS3, there's still so many games from that generation that hold up. Plenty of good titles. Oh, uh, this my uh, games play. Unless you play Dishonored on uh, PS3. Doesn't <laughs> don't, don't play Dishonored. Don't play, what, Bioshock Infinite? Or is that, that version okay? Uh, Bioshock Infinite... I, I don't remember having that many issues with it. Skyrim is like, decent on 360. I won't play Skyrim on PS3. Skyrim is not good on PS3. Nope. It's but it's funny you mentioned Connect because Skyrim did have Connect features. So. <laughs> you could shout at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And was it Mass also Effect throw, 3 did throw too. stuff too or something like that? Could you throw things? I thought it was just the voice command. I don't know. I, yeah, I remember. Could, I could have sworn you can you can do draw arrows and shit like that. Man, fuck. Quick Spike reload. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh yeah, this guy. It's a Nick's thing. Sorry. It's, yeah, I, I appreciate Spike Lee, the person. Fuck Spike Lee, the Knicks fan. Orange and blue skies. Look at him. He's almost passed out over there. All right. Um, for me, it's easy. Uh, I, I beat Mass Effect 2. I platinumed it. I did everything that could be done in that game. It took me 37 hours. It's a masterpiece, right? It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's still the best. Uh, the one is good. Don't get me wrong. That was the first time I went through one when I completed it. Um, the story is good. The one has got a great story. Uh, and I mentioned it before last week. I mean, the character development is great on that. Two for one, if you look for it. And you don't, if you don't look for it, you won't get it. You have to look for it in that game. Uh, two, uh, like I mentioned before, it is more streamlined. Uh, it plays more third person on the shoulder. A little bit more like Gears. So you can see the influences they had from the first game. And where they kind of shrunk it down a little bit. So you don't have as much exploration you did, as you did in the first game. It's kind of more laser focused. Um, to help with the action and kind of pull you into the story better. And I think it's the right. perfect balance, in my p- personal opinion. Um, I, I do miss some of that exploration in the first uh, first game, but you don't have um, that bullshit Mako stuff where you land on a planet <laughs> and it gives you the map. And Drive around this huge horseshoe. Gives you, like, points of interest, and it could be anything in those fucking points of interest. And depending on those points of interest, it could lead you to further story stuff, so... Do you still uh, have so so riddle me this because there's been a couple firefights in Mass Effect One. Like I'm playing through the story, right? And there's some story bits that they're gonna go one way or the other, and I don't want them to go the route that they do. So there was a mission where I had been helping this group of humans that were fighting. That was the was that the Thorian? No, that was the Rechne Queen. And then all of a sudden they turned on me, and I'm like I didn't pick this. I don't know if this is the story or if they. I have to kill them. But here I am. All of a sudden, I'm having to kill these people. And it's like, I didn't pick this. Does it force you into a lot of those type things? Did you kill the whole uh, settlement? Well, All right. So there's there's two of the. I know the one you're talking about. I killed four people in that one because I ran out of grenades. The Thorian mission. The other one was the one with uh, the Ragni Queen. No, the one I'm talking about with the writing queen, I didn't kill anybody in that one. So there's a point in there where you talk to Nasari, um, who just got on the station, and she's very vague and very standoff, uh, standoffish to you. And so when you go in there, there there's a medical base. So if you go in there into the story, uh, there's an, a kind of infection that's happening to the people there, and they're in the med yeah. bay. It's a part of that attack. 
So when you go in there and talk to the doctor, he tells you like, hey, this area is quarantined. If you go in there, you can get the the cure, bring it to me, and I'll save these people. Uh, so when you go into this area, I didn't do you, it. I missed that totally. You have to build the vaccine, and then when you come out, the sorry woman you talk to is actually an agent for the uh, matriarch, and she tries to kill you. And the Tyrion, she kills the Tyrion guard there. So, I never got that whole story. I never got that bit. So I apologize. I mean, ruin it for you. But um, no, that, I mean, I, so, I'm sure there's a bunch of side stories that I missed. So once I did that, I, I was able to cure the whole uh, colony that was there, and nobody attacked me then. So I never had that issue where anybody attacked me. So I don't know if they eventually <laughs> went crazy and they tried to attack you, or they, they were did. mad that you let the right night queen in there, or I don't know. I got to a point, and the captain, you know, the captain that's like defending the air vents or whatever. Yeah. I got to a point where I came back to him. He's like, I'm sorry, we have to kill you, Shepard. And they all start shooting at me. I'm like, what the fuck? I've been trying to protect you people. What happened? I didn't yeah. I didn't choose this. I didn't want you to die because I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm playing on easy. You're going to die. <laughs> I'm going to headshot you. There, there's hard choices. And like, There's one on the, um, in the second game in that I end up killing a whole uh, galaxy, uh, 300,000 Batarians. And there was not a choice. It was... It was Either let them die or let something worse come through. And those ramifications carried over in the third game. As I come in there, I was standing That's trial heavy. for that shit. That's yeah. fucking yeah. heavy. The only way for you to get around that story bit is just don't do that mission. I think it's one of the uh, extra missions. So. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's heavy as shit, man. But yeah, the second game, is uh, you, so you still great. get the whole Milky Way universe. You still go through different star clusters. You still you go to individual planets. And like I said before, they'll give you a brief story description of those planets, uh, like a brief history. Like, oh, it's like similar to this Earth planet or blah, blah, blah. And it's each one's different if you want to read it. So each one has a scanner. Um, and then you can uh, scan that area and get mined for elements. Those elements you use for upgrades. Uh, the upgrades are what you use to... Upgrade your weapons and get additional damage, additional defense, or whatnot. I'm not going to go into much details about it. Um, you can use yep. that to upgrade your additional characters you get in that game. Um, so and it's, it's some of those, when you do scan, you'll find missions on those planets. So it's not every planet, but um, it does get a little um, mundane when you have to go and scan every planet for resources to do certain upgrades because you need to hit a certain amount. Like, I need element zero for fucking everything, and it's impossible to find element zero. It's like that kind of thing. So, like, you have to scan every fucking planet to find every available version of element zero that you can find. I'm scanning in the first game, so it's to, they totally up that scanning game on the second one? It's completely different because, like, you land okay. on that Mako. Uh, or, you, you know, when you do the scan on that first game, you just kind of just scan the planet and it just gives you information. Or it tells yeah, you, I'm not really scanning. I'm just kind of looking at it. I'm inspecting so it. When you, know? you do the scanning in the second game, you literally have uh, it's tied to your L2 button. You have to press it down and you have a reticle that it's like a, a bullseye that you have to go across the whole planet and just scan until you get a graph. And the graph tells you, like, there's a lot of this element up here. It goes up and then it goes down and it goes up. And then you have to send a probe when it's at the highest to mine that element. It's that not as bad like, as it sounds. sounds like tedium. Okay. It, okay. Yeah, you'll see when it gets on there, it can be addictive just going through there and um, okay and scanning it. So uh, as you travel through the clusters of the universe, um, when you go to different galaxies, uh, you have uh, fuel. You have to purchase fuel, so you have to watch your money. So you have like uh, maybe 750 fuel units. So depending on each galaxy you go through, it uses up fuel. Uh, you have to buy the probe, so you get 30 probes. Um, so if you get on a good planet and you're getting a lot of good shit and you run out of probes, then you got to go all the way back and buy more probes. It's like that kind of bullshit. You're like, fuck, <laughs> I got to leave and go back. So it's like kind of that that bull that bullshit on it. It's not bad, it but like it is gotcha after a while you're over it. So I'm sorry, Brent. It sounds like a gotcha mechanic. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not bad, but after a while, you get over it. Um, I don't want to go into too much too much detail because uh, you haven't played it yet, Richard, and hopefully you'll get there. Um, the the cast of characters in there are, are great. Um, this is the most complete version on there. There's two characters in there that were originally tied to DLC that are some of the best story beats in there. That sucks because we never probably would have got them. Uh, I'm not. I don't, I, should I give them? Should I give names or just leave it be and let you discover them with the names? I don't want to name. Let characters. me discover. Okay. So as, as you play this game, you'll notice that maybe one character from the first game carries over into your team okay. uh, from the first game, and you get interactions with uh, some of your other characters, actually the rest of your team in the second game, but they don't actually join you. Uh, so there's one character I miss, I miss deeply, but uh, that person has finally joined my team in the third game. Um, yeah, outside of that, each one of those characters are well-balanced. So each one has biotics uh, for different techniques, like... Um, they can use it for a bomb blast. They can do my favorite is the lift ones where I, I can disable gravity and lift them up in the in the air and just shoot them as they're flying in the air. Oh. I mentioned I mentioned last week that you know they switched the weapons to bullets, um, not the recharge, um, which is fine. Uh, it takes a minute to get used to because, like you said, Richard, it's easier for you just to take cover and let it recharge versus me running screwing around the map. Mm-hmm. And now because like, I'm a sniper. Well, yeah, at this point, welcome to the ma- welcome to the Resident Evil Mass Effects. Um, so <laughs> you're, scram- you're scrambling for bullets. Uh, the bullets are more plentiful in the third game, but I'll get into that one. Um, yeah, so as you go through, uh, the second game kind of compels you. I know the first game, after a while, you get a good bit and a story bit. The second game kind of compels you to go through everything. So each character you come up with, I mentioned it last week. You get a you get a new character. They each have a loyalty mission that makes you what makes is, them loyal yeah, to what you. What is a loyalty mission? I keep seeing that so, online. It's important to get the best ending in the game is you have they assign a point system, which is the weirdest fucking thing in the world. It's like the Super Nintendo of Super Nintendo RPG games back in the day where you have to do certain things at a certain point level to get your whole team to survive. If you don't, then you'll have main characters die off and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. So when you play this game, you have to remember you have to remember these three things. So uh, you save me with the charm on the first one. So I'm all ears on this one. So this one, you recruit every character you can. Uh, every character re- you recruit, you have conversations on the ship. They will give you an option to recommend Normandy upgrades. Uh, you'll have to get the resources from mining those planets and upgrade this ship. If you don't, in the final battle, the areas you don't upgrade, they'll blast open and they'll kill characters that are hanging out down there. Uh, permanently. Uh, permadeath. So you make sure you do all your upgrades on Normandy. Uh, that means talk to every character and they're going to recommend an upgrade that they need. Just do it. Uh, you have to do every loyalty mission. Uh, so based off certain characters, they are, are assigned a point value. So they are either assigned at three points, two points, or one point, or zero points. If you do a loyalty mission, it almost doubles it. So they'll jump up to like four, three, and two. So if you do a loyalty mission for each character, um, they're pretty much going to survive. Uh, the next bit, oh. uh, the the next bit, you'll have to research. Before, as you do your final battle, the, the final battle, you'll break off characters, go to different directions, and you'll need them to, somebody to leave your team. Oh, um, no. It's like so Gears make, of War. Yeah. You'll have to make sure you get somebody that's a, that is a specialist in that area that requires. So if it's somebody who you need for biotics, you need to choose the best biotic on your team. If you don't, you choose somebody who is a biotic that's a weak, that character will die permanently. So there's a lot of ramifications in the final battle. You have to be careful and build up a strategy around it. Um, if you go through a blind, you may be surprised about who will survive at the end and who won't. 
at the point of the first one that I'm in, do I need to look at any of that type stuff, or is it pretty straightforward from where I am? You, uh, the only advice I give you is at the beginning before you get to the end, the end you'll know is called Suicide Mission, which is one of the best tracks ever written in the video game OST. I love the Suicide Mission wow. uh, soundtrack. Um, when they're playing that soundtrack as you go through it. But the mission's called Suicide Mission. Okay. Um, long as you don't start the Suicide Mission, you're good to go. Uh, outside of that... I'm talking about Uno. Is there anything I need to know going into Uno? No. no okay. No, I you, killed you the racist there. Bitch. You, you, If you're gonna if you're gonna go for the high Paragon, you're already there with the charm, max charm. If you want to go Renegade, you go with the other direction, the Intimidate. I got uh, a I got a trophy for 75% Paragon achievements or some or percentage yeah, or some shit. Already almost hit max Paragon, which is basically the good. Uh, okay. The good okay. Um, when you in the second game, you don't have that. You don't have charm. You don't have intimidation. You have uh, you still have paragon. You still have uh, a renegade. Um, but all that is holy shit. The, the next came back. Um, so yeah, all that is uh, for paragon is just based off your choices. So if you make positive choices and positive recommendations, and you talk to characters and build your paragon, they'll give you reputation that goes up. It'll adds up to your paragon. Um, you need to maintain that as the game goes through because there's going to be certain choices that you need a certain amount of Paragon to get the best option for your crew. So it's one of those things you have to do a balance. Of, so if you do everything, you'll be fine. And, you, and you're not a dick to everybody, you'll be fine. If you just do the main story and just kind of skip over some of the side stuff, you won't have a high enough Paragon to save people or get loyalty missions because there's going to be a point in the game that your Paragon is important to be high enough. There's a lot of sh- RPG shit in this game. So if you have to have a high enough Paragon because there's going to be a point towards the end of the game where you get the, your loyalty missions done for four characters. Two of those characters are like sugar and salt. They're the exact opposites. Mm-hmm. They're going to have an argument and you have to have the right par- a Paragon to finesse out of it, not pissing off each character. Oh, no. So you got to please both of them. If you piss off one of them, you're not going to get max loyalty for that character. That's going to happen twice for two characters. Oh, on your no. Ship. So, well, I know it's coming. Can I look it up? Like, hey, you'll know once you complete the loyalty missions for those characters. You can look okay. it up. I don't want to give you because I, I don't want to give you any information. One of those characters right. are characters you, you'll know in the first game. Uh, one of them is going to add to that their story, which is pretty damn good. This game is fucking amazing. The second game is the best one in my opinion. I'm playing the third one. I wish I'm playing the second one again. Um, that's how I, feel I love it. the first one. Everybody raves about part two, and I'm loving this first game. I think it's amazing. Part, part one is is great, but part two, the character development is so fucking good, and the backstory is great. Uh, three has his moments, but I I got maybe 15 hours into three. I'm maybe halfway through it. Uh, this game changes up where it does more of a close up on the character. It is very very more um even more like Gears of War. You get more of the shoulder over the shoulder. Um, it still does have the ammo tied to bullets, uh, but the bullet, the ammo is plentiful everywhere. You see these little stashes everywhere. You can just pick up ammo as you go through these firefights you have on there. It's not um, a Resident Evil Mass Effect? No. No, no. Mass Effect 2 is a Resident Evil Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect 3 is like the Halo Mass Effects, I guess, if you can pick up any regular ammo. Um, the, this one is more uh, built... I see more of the Gears influence on this one. You have more of a map. Uh, you have a lot of areas to cover. The map's not very huge. Uh, they focus more on the firefights, more versus over exploration. Um, it is very more action and focus versus RPG focus. You'll notice that. As you see these games go through, one is like the pinnacle of RPGs for the Western RPGs. Two, they add more a little bit, little bit of more action into it. 
to kind of bring in. You can see they're trying to appeal to another uh, a broader base. Right. Three, they went overboard with the action. Uh, there's a lot less RPG. As you go through the Citadel, you can't walk around the Citadel like you could do in the first two. You oh. have, to, have to get in the elevator and you and you pick certain sections. And you can only interact in that section. And you have to go back in the elevator and choose another section. It is more action-oriented. Uh, it doesn't mean there's less... a lot of atmosphere. Yeah, it's it sucks, man. Um, but... I love that dialogue wheel so much in the first one. It makes me think I might try one of your visual novels because I love just going through the choices and seeing how these conversations play out and how the story goes. Um, let me know and I'll recommend a visual novel for you. You got to be careful. Uh, you you, ne- you can never go wrong with um. I don't want to get too off the tangent. You can never go wrong with Steins Gate because Steins Gate has a lot of sci-fi esque and it's not too much on the like bullshit. time travel and stuff, right? Yeah. Time, the first one dealt with time travel, and then the, they they both do with deal with time travel. You also have robotic notes, which deals with uh a, a little bit of time travel as well, but it's also like um robots. Uh, it's a different type of science. Then you have uh you have some other you have some other ones out there. You How about the Sixteen Sentinels. Thirteen. Oh, Thirteen Sentinels is fucking great. It is fucking good. Um, I still love that game to death. I, still I had three too many game. Sentinels. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's the next I, game. If I can, uh, I can wipe my memory and play Thirteen Sentinels again. I would sign up for that experiment. Um, it would be worth it. That's a good ass fucking game. Um, yeah. The, most of the most of the sci-fi based uh, visual novels are good. Uh, you will get that scratch that itch, kind of like this Mass Effect type thing. So I mean, those dialogue wheels is like you have that dialogue wheel in the third game, but the third game is like you can you can tell that they're speeding up development uh, this game. It's not anywhere the quality's bad. It's just that I it doesn't go the way that I feel like it should. Uh, the story development's not that bad. It's just it starts off very slowly. It doesn't start off like uh, the, hit the ground running as the second one. So it takes a while. There's some points in there where the third one's like ah, I'd rather just play something else. I'm kind of like forcing myself to go through it because I'm I'm, right. I'm tired of just swapping games all the damn time. I'm almost done with three. I'm just gonna knock it out and be done with it. But so, um, I'm curious about something because Mass sure. Effect three. <laughs> I don't know why the Wii U has come up so many times this episode. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to pop in Mass Effect three for Wii U and track your decisions from one and two with that little comic thing they do to start off with? Yes. Would you be able to do that and complete Mass Effect three on Wii U kind of with your same, you know, let's say your same playthrough? Yeah. With one and two, yeah, because the same major defi- uh, decisions that carry over, those are the options they give you in the comic. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I always wondered how that worked, because at the same time that Wii U owners were getting Mass Effect Three Special Edition, everybody else was getting the the trilogy. You know, it's like why didn't we get the trilogy on Wii U? That would have been that would have been a great game still for the Wii U, is having all three of those on one, you know, one package. I think it was just that whole uh, EA tried to do a quick port and get something out right around launch, but you saw that support from EA dried up after those sales weren't there. So, was it we got Madden, FIFA, Mass Effect? Mm-hmm. That was it. Like no Battlefield, no Battlefront, none of those from that era, did we? No, I think all we got, all we got was that one Call of Duty. Also, the one me and you played. So, there's a lot of oh ones god, we there. did, and that was yeah. rare for a long, or that was it wasn't rare. It was high in demand for a long time. Yeah, there was a lot of that on there. Even the Batman. Remember, they only got that one Batman. Batman. Yeah. I'm trying to look now for Wii U. Uh, it was it was all that launch window because remember everybody was was hot on the Wii games and so they were like, all right, let's let's pour over a bunch of stuff that was Wii you know Wii U that's already out there you know because people were gonna jump on this and it just never took off. Backfire about the Wii U. The Wii U had to die, I guess, but it still pisses me off sometimes because it had such high promise. But we did the yeah. FaceTime thing a couple times. Remember doing that? Yep. 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 
it worked well. The little we we chat or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, whatever the we something. We, we video chat. Yeah, whatever it's called. I've used that a couple times. Uh, not as often as I should because nobody else is older with you other than you that I know of. Yeah, so. just me and you. Yeah. Mm. And then Russell got one for Splatoon. Brent got one. Brent, did uh, yeah, you get but... one at launch? Yes. Oh, he's there right there with us. What were your launch titles, Brant? Oh, my gosh. Uh, of course, it came with Nintendo Land. I think I got Zombie U and... Yep. Oh gosh, what else did I get? That's so nice. Put that at Target with the buy two get one. I think we both Sonic, got Zombie U. Sonic and the Secret Rings. No, gosh, Sonic, what was Sonic my and, other? That's a Wii like, title. Yeah, no, I'm just naming bad Sonic games now. Oh, there was we there was one other game, and I just can't Sonic I can't 2006. What it was? I know I picked up Zombie U. We got Call of Duty. So that's and I did, and Super Mario U Deluxe. That's that's what it was. Yep. Because the Nintendo lineup was shallow, right? It was just Nintendo Land and and Super Mario. Was there another Mario one? You. No. Oh God! Here we fucking so. go down the rabbit hole. Wii U launch titles. I don't remember it being bad. September 2012. Oh. Wow. It doesn't feel like that long ago. It was three forty nine for that deluxe set with thirty two gigs of storage. Mm-hmm. That's the one. I Ready? Got. Call of Duty: Black Ops Two, Skylanders, Giants, Transformers, Transformers Prime, Wipeout Three, Epic Mickey Two, The Power of Two, FIFA Soccer Thirteen, Tekken Tag Tournament Two, New Super Mario Brothers U, Ninja Gaiden, Razor's Edge, Nintendo Land, Sing Party, Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, Warrior. <laughs> this this article says Wario's. <laughs> Warriors or Ricci 3 Hyper, Darksiders 2, Assassin's Creed 3, ESPN Sports Connection, Just Dance 4, Rabbit's Land, Your Shape, Fitness Evolve 2013, <laughs> Zombie U, Scribble Knots Unlimited, Game Party Champions, and Batman Arkham City Armored Edition. Overall, that is not a bad launch lineup. Mm-hmm. You got Black Ops, you got Mario Brothers, you got Tekken Tag Tournament, you got Nintendo Land, you got Ninja Gaiden. You got Warrior Warriors Horichi, Assassin's Creed Three. I think uh, Russell got me that copy instead of like PS3 or 360. That's a way more stacked lineup than what we got with the current gen. Yeah, big time. A more compelling titles, I would say, even though some of them were, you know, a couple of years old for their respective ports. I guess it was. All right, Cesar, we derailed you. Sorry, sir. No, you're fine. Yeah, so. Um... Outside of that, like I said, this one's more of a the battle system is more of gears based. You don't have that freedom of the map. Um, there's still some story bits you can scatter from finding PDA, PDAs um, scattered throughout the levels. Uh, some of that stuff will net you to find resources that you can go around the citadel and give to different people. Like uh, somebody, you'll randomly hear people like, oh, "I need this. I need the, the modifications for you know." bio amps and you might go on a mission and find that stuff and you'll find additional weapons you'll find upgrades there's a lot more upgrades you can add to your weapons to uh change the attributes it is more of a action game like this stuff you would do on like a like a shooter type game like a third person shooter you'll see that on there it's definitely trying to cater to a bigger crowd um the overall the overall story i'm not going to get into it because it's your the the end of the trilogy what you're fighting is what you're fighting at the end of it triology Um, the triology 
Um, the difference in this one is that you, you have to build an army. Um, it gives you a bar graph at your comm station that tells you your military strength because you're fighting multiple theaters of war. Uh, so as you go through and you find these uh, different files and items and all that stuff through your missions, it adds to your overall theater of war. So when you get to a certain asset number, you can begin the final battle. So you have a line drawn in the middle. Like once you hit here, you can start the final battle, but you can go even higher. So depending on what you get higher up, you can save additional characters or get additional story bits that you would not get. Um, outside of that, I think when I played this game, I just kind of just to finish the story, I blew through it because there's a lot of stuff when I'm playing this game. I noticed and now I, a lot of shit I don't remember. I, I remember some of the characters. The characters in the second game were so well done. I remembered all of them vividly. And a lot of their mannerisms, I mentioned that last week, the yeah. way their their personalities, the way they talk. I went through this and I, I forgot, like, oh, there's I forgot this guy was in here. You know, it's cool because I'm going through it now and I, I enjoy these characters. It's just not as memorable as the second one. So a lot of stuff I just don't remember. Not beating the third one. I just, I'm going to like I don't remember this guy. Um, I seem to be doing more side quests in, in this one. Huh? Why is he in here? No, he's fine. They're fine. I don't want to give you names, but they're fine. He's fine. Let's move yeah. along. But uh, and they're not bad. I just they're not as memorable as the second game. Um, right. that's just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that love the third game. There's there's a lot of good there's a good a lot of story bits in the third game that I never experienced. So I'm gonna go through it and try to get those. A lot of a lot of good stuff that people recall. Um, so we'll see as I get there. I'm like I said, I'm only about halfway through it. So as I go through it, I'm just gathering up uh resources for the final battle. Um, and you're just you're just basically your story bit is you're going through the universe trying to get everything prepared. So we'll see. I'll finish it up and then maybe I'll have some more to go over and see if I see anything different. I, I, when I was uh, I was playing before we started the the stream today, I was on a a mission where um, uh, I was looking for uh, a species or something that can fight the reapers. So. That is actually more powerful than them. So I'll leave it at that. I got a lot more Reaper lore in my last like two hours of playthrough, and I'm just like, the story just exploded. And I was like, holy shit. So if, if you ever, if, like, I'm done with my bit. I'm going to give it to you, Brent. I want to stay on it for uh, forever. But it, uh, there's one thing I do remember for Game Informer, and I do enjoy Game Informer when they go through the end of the, uh, you know, the best games of the year. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly that they listed the last five hours of the Mass Effect 1 was like their number one or number two, like, best moments in gaming of that year it's up there that last five hours you, you're i like i told you the game's good but that last five hours is a roller coaster you get a whole bunch of story yep. bits and you're going through and you're like okay and um yep so I, i'll leave it at that i don't want to ruin it for anybody else i don't know i'm with you seen yet so um, i'm with you th- it has the same weight so just just a heads up uh you read that novel like i did mm-hmm. um was it was it ascension we mentioned it last week yep and i forgot that uh Kaylee Sanders in that book. Yep. You actually meet her in the third game. So just a heads oh. up. So surprise. It kind of closed that loop and they talk about that book in there too when you meet her. So God, I read that book years ago, but I was yeah. glued to it. I, I spent more time reading the book than I did playing the game. Saren's a Saren was a good character, man. He was just Yeah. So, sovereign fucked him over it since that book, man. So <laughs> I, that's the that's the yeah. the lore dump that I got with Sovereign. I'm just like, oh shit, it's crazy. Because you, you think about it, like how long has it been in doctor? You, know, you saw how how old Anderson is. He's been in doctor. Sarah's been indoctrinated forever. He's like 
that when they talk about that first game, they're talking about all the stuff in the background about how long Saren's been preparing for this and all that. It's, he's yeah. been indoctrinated for a long time, even though yep. he's in there. You mean you played it, even though he's on there, on, on um, arguing with you, and he he isn't. Did all the research trying to find out about doctorates. I was like, man, you're doctorated. Get out of here. You're eight up, dude. <laughs> you're fucking. You're already drinking the Kool Aid, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're deep in there. Yeah, you, you've been in it for decades. <laughs> All right, Brant, hour and 48, where are we at? Uh, you have 25 minutes, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm going to probably try and make this quick. About Let's Mass see. Effect. Uh, I have continued to play another Returnal. hour and a half. We can, we can stay up for the Dragon Quest stream. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. I'm, oh, no, it's not going to no, happen. That's Press not A happen. for Dragon Quest stream. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so uh yeah I, pl- I played more returnal because i talked about getting back into that after getting my ass beat by the uh the boss that first boss um and thankfully um or no 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 i beat the boss went back through uh and went through this big giant gate into a new area and then got my ass handed to me by something like I didn't even hardly see. There's a theme. There's a theme behind Returnal that I'm discovering. But uh, so I, I jumped back into it. I jumped back into it to see, you know, what the deal was. And thankfully, uh, once I got to that portal again, uh, I could just go th- right through it. So there's, you know, you're not you're not going to have to go back through and. Um, so I'm guessing like the the key things you do, you know, if if you unlock a you know a, a a door to a boss or something, once you die, you can come back. There's also these things that I had I had seen, and during um my playthrough, because I sat down and played for like three hours, um on like Saturday morning, and there's a machine that I just I I hadn't really got like to use. Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's of one of the. It, it's basically looks like a uh, like an imprint of one of the alien creatures in this giant machine, and you you have to collect a certain number of the one of the currencies to actually use it. But if you do, it it will reset your um, start point back to that machine, rather than you dying and going all the way back to the beginning. At least for one death. So, oh, that's helpful. Yeah, it became it became helpful to figure that out because I, I, when you first start out, that one specific type of currency you need to use that it was a little bit sparse. But now that I f- keep finding it, if you find those machines, you can use them, and it becomes a lot more helpful. Um, but dude, I, I, I had. I was in a groove with the combat. I was finding good pickups. I got through this desert. I found uh, the thing that had killed me last time, which was like this. It was like a. Tur- it was almost like this giant turtle-looking thing, and it would like bury itself in the sand, so its shell stuck out, and it would like shoot this um, almost like missiles out of its shell, and just bombard you. Sounds like Blastoise. And then it would come out of the sand and come and attack. So, or um, Sandshrew. Is Sandshrew a Pokemon? Yes, Sandshrew. Yeah, and Sandslash. But um, San and Toast, Toast and Sand. San Antonio. San Antonio, San Diego. All the Sands. San Francisco. <laughs> Santa Ana. 
Sans from Undertale. Uh, but anyway, so I got through Sands and I found time. Sands of Time. I found the uh, the boss in this area. I tracked down. I mean, I, you you come across even more elaborate um, enemies to fight. Um, and eventually, I found uh, a boss and a new gate uh, to go through. Um, of course, finding more upgrades and things. And then I f- got into another new area. So now that's three out of the six biomes that are that are in this game. And I tracked down. One, like? You said the re- the second one was like a Marsish reddish type. Yeah, thing, it's like right? a it's like a red desolate desert. What's the, the third one? The third one it kind of goes back to, um, kind of like that ruin esque. Um, feel that you have in the other ones, but they're like these. It, it's very so monolithic. It's, the it's of gold. huge. No, no fields of gold. <laughs> God bless the fields of gold. Uh, but I, I went through that and found um, a, a humongous um, sentient being, like attached to some machine, and that's where this. Um, uh, signal that I had been tracking had come from. Mm. Uh, and after that boss fight, which that boss fight's pretty intense, uh, the game screws with you quite a bit and gives you uh, quite a little twist. And uh, you uh, g- you wind up in the fourth uh, area. So, and that's... You're basically... oh. How, how, many, how many areas is this game? Is like four or five? It's like I can't six, I believe. Six? Yeah. So yeah, the, you're like halfway, maybe a little bit over halfway. I would I would assume I'm a little bit more than halfway. Um, I, would, I wish you would just beat this game so you can play Resident Evil. I don't want to take away your fun. I just want. Oh no no! Don't worry, I'm getting Resident Evil. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, in my face! That's what I get for being impatient. My bad. Palate cleanser. Rance, uh, like just shut the hell up and let me uh, finish. <laughs> finish. Let me finish my fucking bit. And I'll get to what you're asking. Because. <laughs> Because uh, I I got to th- I mean this game after playing that and getting as far as I did and progressing and after that like twist that it gave me uh, and you know I've mentioned the house at different points in the game you that house keeps appearing mm. and at certain times it's the PC open house. yes at certain times it's open and then you go through it and you have an experience in this house and mm. then it like you wake up outside of the house. After you have these experiences, like I, I can't, I don't want to go into them. Is it spoilers, basically? Kind of, but I mean, the game gives you such cryptic parts of the story, and I mean, you just going through this because of her isolation, because of the constant deaths and returning and finding corpses of herself and finding these bits of information. Um that are imparted to her from her, her other selves and stuff. It's like, you're slowly seeing this descent into uh, madness or unease in some of her uh, other, other selves. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you get these weird, like I said, weird cryptic bits of story and it all, it, it does and doesn't make sense, but it entices you just to keep going and keep playing. So and, I'm assuming at the end it's just going to tie in so well that probably yeah, I'm, clicks. I'm hoping it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it does. 
Um, but then I woke up uh, in the in this next area, um, and you're hearing a song. So you are now tracking the music, and it's weird because it's like a weird um, slowed down. Um, version and it's only I think like five or six notes of the song and at first like I was like it kind of sounds familiar I just don't know what it is and eventually I picked up a um, voice recording from one of her past selves talking about how she's she's so tired of hearing the music and then she she starts saying something and I was like wait a minute those are song lyrics I know this song what song is this and I just couldn't place it. And like the end of the voice recording, she says, you know, she says something about the seasons not fearing the reaper. And I was like, oh, it is that. And I was like, that's, cool. yes. I was like, it is. That. And that's such a well-placed uh, thing for this game. That's great. So I was, I was hoping for it would be California Dreaming, but not everybody loves that song. <laughs> but I've, I've, he's, like his head. <laughs> he's only on the third biome it could be in, it could be like so i mean I've, I've already gotten through like three different bosses and now i've i finally tracked the music down and once you get to this it's a giant door and you have to like go and find two different keys to open the door once you do that you get in and there's another boss i have fought him twice and gotten very very close both times mm. um it's aggravating yeah and but in between that, um, because since since that happened, I had I had taken a break. But but even before I got to that um, to him, because I had I had done a few runs and just was not having very good drops and things like that, not getting good weapons or upgrades or anything. Uh, but upon defeating the last boss, um, I did get something that made traversal a lot easier. Um, but before coming back to Returnal and getting to the point I am now, I did put in Resident Evil 8. Um, I didn't play a whole, whole lot of it. Mm -hmm. I expect Um, you to say you beat the game, damn it, Brent. (laughs) I've gotten to the point where I've seen, um, the Duke twice now, uh, and I went ahead and saved, uh, because we've had some more, more things to do, uh, around the house and, and everything, but, um, I am definitely going to get back into that that game. Um, so you wind up in the village in the in the first part of the game, in the actual part that you play, because the first you know that first little bit is just cinematic, setting up the story and everything that goes so far, because it takes place three years after uh, seven. Um, and it's it's nice. There's a little recap if if you didn't if you wind up skipping seven if you know you started playing seven and it just wasn't your deal. You can at least pick up eight and give it a try and not be completely lost because it will fill you in on the story so far. Um, but you you wind up in the village, um, and it's it's desolate there's you know you can tell there's something rustling around and it's not very soon before there's conflict and uh i mean all i can say is somebody at camp uh capcom certainly hates hands and maybe even just hates ethan i mean i'm not super far into the game but the amount of time that he just gets stabbed with stuff like all the time last game this game it's like 
how has he not died? Does he have an extremely high pain tolerance? Because he's constantly getting stabbed and jabbed. and um, well, It makes sense because, I mean, the only part of him you do see is his hands and arms. Yeah. You know, I mean, that would be the only part that it can affect him that you would be exposed to. So, Oh, there was that. I, I don't know if it affected you because Katie was sitting here. Uh, she came in. Um, uh... I would say a little bit right after I got into the village and started seeing um, some of the lichens and stuff, mm. because of course this game, like I said, I haven't gotten into it. It might lean um, or might go other places, but as far as everything we've seen from the trailer, it goes more supernatural. So we know, you know, we have a nine foot vampire, nine foot tall vampire lady. We've got, werewolves um and stuff like that so um she came in as i was fighting some of the some of the lichens and she just Mm -hmm. sat down and watched um but this game so far um the bit i've the bit i've played it seems like such a good marriage of the mechanics of seven and four um because I actually didn't mind the inventory system from four. Um, so far, I guess I'm just not far enough into it. Cause I mean, it, I, I, I mean, don't have it. How, how far did you get? That's the question. Just, just to the second point that you see the Duke. So I'm in the castle. I, um, you know, the sisters fi- find you and, um, show, um, lady, uh, Dimitris, Dimitris. So you you've already had the introduction to all four children, basically. Yes. And you already had the part where you're doing Running Man. You have to, yeah, you have to escape uh, the maze kind of deal. Yeah. And then you go into the castle, and that's where you run into uh, Lady D- Lady Dimitris's castle first. Yeah. So. And. <laughs> Golly, but sexy vampire. You met the sexy vampire lady. Yeah, before bef- before that, I mean, like like I said, back in the village, uh, you know, I'm noticing things like from Resident Evil Four. Just like I said, um, you're the besides the inventory system. If you look around, if you pay attention, it's not as blatant as it was in Four, but you might see something sparkling above you, and you have to shoot it, and it falls down, and it's a little item. Or you might see like a birdcage hanging from a tree and you shoot it and there's, you know, like gunpowder or something in there that mm. you, you get out of it. And, um, but, uh, so far it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, but there is a lot of that, like even old school, like there's this thing you can blatantly see, but it's behind this tiny little, you know, uh, great, and you have to get a screwdriver, so you have to go find the you know screwdriver that you need and come back and get that, so you can you know get this key to unlock this other door, and you know same old same old Resident Evil stuff. Um, but <laughs> going back to how like gory and it, it and stuff it is, did it <laughs> did it bother you? Did you wince or cringe? Um. When Ethan, when Ethan has to like pull his hand through those hooks, hmm. Cesar. Uh, when they get strung up, no. Sounds oh gross. my gosh! I'm amazed. Uh, 
he was able to do it. So, because I mean, you have literally gravity pulling you down, and uh, somehow he's uh, able to lift his hands above those. He was hooks, just like, so. Ugh. yeah, I yeah, I winced, and then all of a sudden he's like going for the other hand. Well, I'm like, no, yeah. no, man, don't, no. It, it ripped through the other hand, didn't it? Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as at, true to form, just get that, get that uh, healing juice and pour it on there. That's all it oh, takes. Oh yeah, you, you haven't seen anything yet. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, you, you have you have not seen the worst that can happen to his hands. So, oh my gosh, I, there's more. It's, uh, it's gonna get worse. But obviously, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the Duke, and he is like the merchant from from Resident Evil Four. He'll he'll appear in certain areas, and from him you can purchase ammo. What are you uh, buying? You can buy upgrades. Um, you can sell, like Cesar was saying, you can sell certain items. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind up having to look up items because after you told me that certain things can be combined, because they'll I think say it right on now, there. They'll say it on there, combinable. When you look at okay. treasures, it'll say combinable. It'll say combinable, and they'll okay. give you like a little diamond grid, and they'll tell you like one of two, two of two. Gotcha. Because so. all I've got right now, I think I've got like some kind of like fragment of a crystal and some kind of like crystal skull thing that I found. The very good crystal and, skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at it, Marion. Um, that I can sell to him, but I was I was like somewhat hesitant. Um, but yeah. Um, so far, I mean, I, I enjoy the atmosphere and I enjoy the seeing the mechanics. A lot of the mechanics from four kind of meshed with with seven. It, it so far, I, I'm just. Uh, it's it's gonna be very hard. I gotta I gotta choose choose my time wisely and try and play both of these games because I really want to play both at the same time almost. Uh, for me, eight wasn't that long. I, like I said, it took me nine hours. Uh, mm-hmm. I played it on. I don't know what difficulty you're playing on. I'm playing it on standard. There's, yeah, I'm playing standard as well. And I literally thought about dropping it down to easy when I used up uh, my last bullet. I used my very, very last bullet on the final boss. It's like, well, if this doesn't work, I guess I'm going to have to drop down as I die. And that last bullet killed that boss. And I was like, yes. So I had <laughs> wow. just enough ammo on standard. To Validation. Do yeah. Um, and like I mentioned before, once you beat the game, you can get uh, points uh, and go through a shop. And this will uh, the greatest thing ever made. You can get infinite ammo on certain weapons. So I'm just going like to buy infinite ammo on the bag. Let me just go through. Yeah. Is there are there like special guns and things you can get as well after you beat the game? Okay, it's a lot cool. of fun shit that you can go in there and get. There. You can actually That's... like that 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 lichen boss you have in the very beginning of the village that you can't beat. You yeah. actually get a, you get a trophy for beating him. You can actually beat him if you get a weapon with infinite ammo. So nice. you have to do it. Yeah. So that can be fun because that that was definitely one of my one of my favorite things about being done with uh, Resident Evil 4 was being able to go back because there was costumes you could get for Leon and um, Ashley and you could, you know, get infinite ammo. You can get Tommy gun, you can get exploding uh, crossbows and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's so much fun to go back through and, and play a game again. Once you have like, I mean, they're cheats. They're basically cheats. And, you know, basically just take out things that were giving you so much hell when you initially mm-hmm. did it. You're like, yeah, you're nothing now. 
But yeah, like that's getting big head mode or something on. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, there's just that that factor, you know, when you're playing. Gosh, what was it? like Tony Hawk? They had a lot of cheats in there. Big head, disco mode, low gravity, and Tony Hawk. But yeah, that's uh, that. That was it for me this week. Well done, sir. To get us out of here and watch the end of the Hawks game. They're gonna lose, so this doesn't, doesn't oh. matter. No, it's fine because this. Remember, this is the best of seven, so we always yeah. have to win. We always have to win at least one in their home turf. We did that, so we right. just got to make sure we win both ours coming up this weekend. So, right, that's how it works. It is. All right, you guys got anything else you want to add? Did we get close to it? I think we're actually very close to it. Yep, one forty-three. Look at us. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Adios. See you.